Before I came here to Austin, I served a church in Richardson, Texas. I served there for about 10 years. I loved that church. I loved my ministry. And I really liked my office. I had an awesome office. It had a huge picture window, floor to ceiling, and it overlooked the children's playground and the field where our school kids had physical education, PE. So I had a front row view. At 10 o'clock every morning, the kids would go out, and if I was in my office, I got very little done from 10 to 11. I enjoyed watching what was happening. And my favorite unit, because year after year I came to know what was about to happen, my favorite unit of PE happened at the beginning of May every year as the young PE teacher was trying to teach the five and six-year-olds how to run a foot race. So she would line them up. This would take about a week. She would line them up, all these little ones, uh, right across the start line. And she would explain to them, this is the start line. And she would show them, that's the finish line. And she would teach them how to stand just right so that they would be ready. And then she would talk to them about how it was supposed to begin. And I would watch as she would go, now, face forward. Get ready, and I swear to you, before she could say go, some little one would turn around, wander off, or be gone. This happened over and over. It was really quite entertaining. Now face forward. Get ready. Now, Johnny, stop walking backwards. Come on, turn around. Okay. Now face forward. Get ready. No, Mary, it's not time to dance right now. We'll dance later. Let's, uh, let's get back in line. Now face forward. Get ready. Joshua, where are you going? We're trying to run a race here. Get forward. Face forward. Get ready. Go. I often think of that PE teacher when I read the letters of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. Because in those New Testament letters, Paul over and over again likens living the Christian faith to running a race. In Philippians 2.16 and Galatians 2.2, Paul speaks of his greatest fear, that he might run his race in vain. And in 1 Corinthians 9.24, Paul suggests that the church should run with discipline, not aimlessly. And in Galatians 5.7, Paul asserts that the church was running well until it turned away from the truth. Then there is this wonderful passage. From the third chapter of Paul's letter to the Philippians, our passage for this morning. Paul writes, not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So let those of us who are mature be of the same mind. And if you think differently about anything, this too God will reveal to you. Only let us hold fast to what we have attained. Can you hear it? Can you hear Paul saying to those folks in Philippi, face forward? 
Can you hear Paul instructing us, face forward, like that patient PE teacher I watched for so many years, Paul begins at the beginning. To run the race of faith, you must adopt the posture of faith. You must face forward. Now, my precious niece, Sarah, who just graduated from high school, she sent me a thank you note yesterday for her graduation present. Aren't you impressed that she's already sent this out? I'm impressed. I read it uh, when I got home last night, and it's, it's fabulous. It, it, she is literally breathless in this note. I think she used the word excited four times in the one note, and everything she talks about is the future. You see, she plans to move here to Austin in August to be with her aunt and uncle and to begin college at St. Edwards. I think she would say it the other way around, but I like to think it's to be here with me. And she can't wait. Sarah is definitely facing forward, pressing forward, straining forward, ready to leave life in Dallas behind and to start her new life here in Austin. That's how it is, I believe, with graduates. And that's why I'm glad we're honoring and actually recognizing you guys in worship today because I believe you show the rest of us what it looks like to face forward. I mean, not one of you is thinking today about returning to ninth grade English class, right? Or to junior varsity sports, or to sophomore math, or to 6 a.m. band practice. Do people still do that? No, you are, you are thinking forward. You're facing forward. You're pressing forward to what lies ahead. And that is an inspiration it is an awesome gift for the rest of us to see. Why? Because that is exactly how we are to live every day of our lives with God. When it comes to faith, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ, when it comes to facing big decisions, big transitions, large conflicts, devastating tragedies, facing forward is the only faithful posture for a child of God. Now, Paul knew this firsthand. He wrote, not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own. In Greek, that can be translated, I press on to grab hold of it because Jesus Christ has made me his own, has grabbed hold of me. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lays behind, straining forward to what lays ahead, I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Friends, facing forward is the posture of faith. It's in faith that we grab onto Christ. It's in faith that we understand Christ has grabbed onto us. It's in faith that we are called to leave the past behind. And it's in faith that we are called to strain forward to God's future. Facing forward means trusting our God. It means trusting God's plans. And at a graduation or a wedding, a promotion or a birth, this actually feels quite natural, doesn't it? Facing forward makes sense. 
But when the going gets tough, in a medical crisis, in a time of loss, in a time of fearful transition, in a time of, of mistrust and hatred, that's when we are tempted away from the starting line of faith. That's when we're tempted to go back, to go back to what we know, to go back to what worked before. The Apostle Paul reminds us that in such moments, the posture of faith can make all the difference. Many of you know that the last 10 days for my family has been a little hectic. Al's 92-year-old father had a medical emergency. Al had to get up in the middle of the night and race to a hospital in Dallas, hoping to see his father before the surgery, because we all knew that he might not make it through the surgery. Al made it in time. The surgery happened. And lo and behold, Don Krumenacher came out of the surgery like a man 20 years younger than he is. He opened his eyes, he saw Al, and he said, hmm, I guess I made it. <laughs> and then the second thing he said is, since God's not done with me, I guess I've got to get moving and get out of this hospital bed. He was still in the ICU, 92 years old. And for the last 10 days, as we've shuttled back and forth, spent time with him, the only thing he is doing is thinking about the next step to getting better, getting well, and getting home to mom. He's facing forward. Thanks be to God that in the tough moments of life, like a patient PE teacher, God calls us again and again back to the starting line. Face forward. Trust in me. The future is in my hands. So Paul is asking us, each one of us, who has grabbed you? And do you understand that you're loved and precious? That God has you and won't let you go? And Paul asks each one of us, what are you grabbing onto? Are you straining for a closer relationship with Jesus? Do you believe the promises of God? Do you believe that God has a future for you, hope for you? To grab onto that, my friends, you have to face forward. You have to adopt the posture of faith, trusting our God, straining forward, because there is always more to know of Christ, and there is always more to do for Christ. Now, this is also the calling for the church. And churches, like individual believers, are called to adopt a posture of faith. Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church is called to adopt a posture of faith, to face forward. And that means letting go of the past. That means pressing forward into God's future. Friends, for our church to be healthy, we cannot focus on the past. We can't look down at our feet. We must not waste energy on the people in the stands or in the sidelines. So the church must position itself like a runner in a race. Now, I'm not a runner, but I can picture it, can't you? Relaxed, confident, muscles straining, heart and lungs pounding. And here's the important part of all, most important part of all, eyes forward. Eyes forward on the goal, the finish line, the purpose of this race. Bottom line, God's people are always to face forward, to move forward. Forget what lies in the past. Behold, God is doing a new thing. Press on 
to what is ahead. Now, Paul doesn't say we shouldn't treasure our memories or that we should ignore the lessons that history teaches us. But Paul does tell us not to live in the past, not to dwell on what has been. And like so many churches, Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church is really good at dwelling on what has been. Friends, don't glorify our history here at WHPC and don't deify our traditions. We have to fight the human tendency, the human tendency to stay within the neat, safe boundaries of what we already know, of what we've already experienced, of what's already on our maps. The truth, a mediocre church will always stay within the boundaries of its past. I don't believe WHPC to be a mediocre church. No, this is a church of faith, a church that trusts in God, a church willing to be led by the Spirit. That means we must face forward. We must run the race of faith now into new situations, into new faithful missions. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on. I press on to the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Friends, the life of faith, the life of discipleship, it is like a race. And no matter how fast and great you are, no matter how many people are cheering for you, no matter how strong and sleek you look, if you don't concentrate on the goal, the finish line, faithfulness to Jesus Christ, usefulness to the kingdom of God, deeper relationship with our God, you will lose the race. We have to face forward. We have to remember who has grabbed us and who we are to grab onto. We have to press on to God's future and to God's hope. A foreign dignitary was visiting Washington, D.C. He got in the cab, and the cab was driving past the National Archives. You know, that's the building where the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are on display sometimes. The foreigner noticed that on the cornerstone of the building were engraved these words, the past is prologue. The past is prologue. Not understanding what this meant, he asked the cabbie, my good man, what does this mean? The past is prologue. The cabbie thought for a moment and then he looked back over the seat and explained, what that means is, man, you ain't seen nothing yet. My friends, I believe that about this church. I dare to believe that about my life. I dare to believe that about your life. I even dare to believe that about this world. Because our God loved this world so much that he sent our Savior to redeem it. Man, you ain't seen nothing yet. Our best days of mission and ministry are yet to come. And God's future and God's hope because they are in God's hands, remain bright. You and me and Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church, we must face forward and we must press, press with everything we have into that future. 
Let me end with another author from the New Testament that had a penchant for the race metaphor, the author of Hebrews, who writes, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every sin that clings closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Alleluia, and let all God's people say, Amen.